0: In July of 2007, four people of the Truth Fellowship online cult disappeared and haven't been seen since. Started in Australia, the group consisted of then 27-year-old Chantelle McDougall, her 5-year-old daughter Leela, 40-year-old Tony Popich, and the cult's leader and founder, 45-year-old Simon Cadwell. But Simon was not who he said he was, and had a long list of lies that were slowly catching up with him. The group had their eyes on the Amazonian area of Brazil but there's no evidence they ever left Australia. So is the group hiding under everyone's nose, or are they deep in the Amazon, hoping no one ever finds them? Of course, there's always the ever possible foul play. The confusing clues don't add up and leave us with more questions than answers. (laughs) How many times have I said that on this show? I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Simon, like most cult leaders, had pretty extreme beliefs. But the main gist was this in order to move on from this existence to the next stage of life, you would have to accept death. How original. Simon authored two books Servers of the Divine Plan and The New Call. Now, we didn't read these books, but thank God Dr. Christine Giessen gave us some cliff notes to help us get the gist. In brief, The main premise of his belief is that some supposedly selfless few are moving on from what is our three-dimensional physical plane, known as the Piscean Era, to a five-dimensional vibrating plane, known as the Aquarian Age, through what is known as an ascension process. This ascension process is achieved through death, although apparently it doesn't feel like dying, more like going to sleep. The few who enter this five-dimensional plane are considered to pass through a purification process and ascend into vibrating energies of varying frequencies. When a sufficient frequency is reached, one that matches that of the fifth dimension, a new level of reality emerges for the individual, one where a consciousness of love, compassion, peace, and spiritual wisdom prevails. This supposed transformation only happens to those who have learned to relinquish personal desires and material possessions for a greater collective good, and are therefore considered to be a superior to those left behind. Now this cult didn't exactly take off. It was made up of about 50 people across the world, of which four were confirmed to have taken their lives following the instructions of their charismatic leader, Simon. Now Simon met Chantelle McDougall when she was only 17, when she attended a seminar that he was presenting. Enamored by him almost instantly, she moved in with Simon and his partner and their son. Chantel was to help the couple with babysitting, but soon it became clear that more was going on, as Chantel became pregnant with Simon's child. This naturally led to a split between Simon and his partner, with her taking their son with her. So the now Simon and Chantelle, they moved around a lot, often with other companions, all the while, Simon's trying to get more followers to come live with them. This led to Tony Popich joining the pair at several of their residences, even following them when they briefly moved to Denmark. But they finally settled on a remote location in the Nup, Western Australia. This was the last known residence before the group disappeared. Simon, Chantelle, their daughter Leela, and Tony were renting The property owners, Mr. and Mrs. Crouch, kept cattle on the large rural property. Simon and Chantel and Leela lived in the small house on the property and Tony moved into a caravan parked outside the residence. Mr. and Mrs. Crouch had subdivided the property and had arranged for Western Power to install a new transformer that was to be connected to the house. The transformer was about 90 meters away from the house. Simon was not excited about this development He was extremely paranoid in regards to electromagnetic fields. In April of 2007, Bruce Blackburn, an electrical contractor who lived near the property, was digging a trench and laying cable from the transformer to the house when Simon came out of the house and complained about the electromagnetic field given off by the transformer and how it was making him sick. So much so that he told Mr. Blackburn that he wanted to pack up and move away. He mentioned going to Brazil where he could finally get away from all of it. It's believed that the Santo Dame Church in the Brazilian Amazonian state of Acre may have been their destination, as Simon had spoken about it online with another follower. Now, Mr. Blackburn explained to him that the EMF from the appliances in his house was much greater than that given off from the transformer, but Simon wasn't hearing it and became extremely agitated. Mr. Blackburn went back three times and each time, Simon became increasingly more adamant about leaving. The Transformer was never even connected at this time. Now, Simon may have had ulterior motives, and there could have been another reason the group wanted to flee. It could have been the fact that Simon's false identity was revealed just months before the group went missing. Sergeant Taylor, who had responded to several domestic calls on the property on May 5th, 2007, pulled over a car for speeding. The driver, Simon. He appeared to be very nervous and uncomfortable about answering questions about where he came from. He seemed to be trying his best to be nice and cooperative. Sergeant Taylor had been told before, during one of the previous visits out to the property, that Simon was a liar and was living under false identity. And little did he know at the time, that was correct. Simon was actually a man named Gary Felton. Gary had stolen the birth certificate of Simon Cadwell in order to flee legal troubles in the UK. This may have caused Simon and the group to panic, thus pushing forward their plans to flee to Brazil. Especially considering that the day following his encounter with the officer, Chantelle lodged a passport application for her daughter Leela at the Bustleton Post Office with an intended travel date of June 26, 2007. At the same time, Simon was communicating with a follower in the USA by email and told her that the group ended up had a plan for a family suicide with a quick-acting drug. The plan was for the four of them to wander into the wilderness area where he, Chantel, and Leela would take the drug. Tony, Popich, would then bury them. Tony would then wander further into the wilderness and take the drug himself where no one could find his body. Simon told the follower that he thought that Chantel wasn't capable of following through because she kept delaying, telling him that it would be murder to kill their daughter Leela, And after that, Simon was no longer open with her. At this time, he had also told another friend that he felt very depressed and was taking strong antipsychotic medication. And in early June of 2007, Simon emailed his follower in the US and told her that he didn't want to live anymore and that he would end his life when he went offline. He said that Tony was awake and knew of his intentions, but that Chantel and Leela were asleep and he wanted to do it before they awoke. The follower was relieved in a way because what he had earlier told her about the family suicide plan. But she never heard from him again. She tried unsuccessfully to contact Chantel by phone and eventually heard from another follower by email that Simon was dead. Mr. Blackburn, the electrician, said that in June of 2007, they, whom I take to be Chantel and Simon, took their chickens to his house and gave them to his wife to keep. He said that the chickens were Chantel's pride and joy. And in June of 2007, Mr. Blackburn went to the property in order to finally complete the installation of the Transformer. And at that time, Simon brought out beer, which they drank, sitting with Tony on the porch. Simon appeared happy and said nothing about EMF or anything else unusual. He just chatted about life in general, which was a bit of a shock to Mr. Blackburn. And things just got weirder from here. In early July, Chantel called her parents and told her mother that she was still not sure what her address would be in Brazil. She said that she was still packing and that they would make arrangements to send their things to Brazil by boat. She said that Simon had already left and that she and Leila were going to follow by plane. Tony was going to travel around a bit and then head to Brazil on his own. By this time, no one had seen or heard from Simon since June 24th. Even his online followers were wondering where he was. Earlier that month, Simon and Chantelle advertised puppies for sale. Their Dots and dogs had produced a litter in May of 2007. A travel agent living in Thornley, Carolyn Finch, contacted them several times by phone and email to inquire about the puppies. She had usually spoken with Simon. The second time she called, he told her that he, Chantelle, and Leela were moving to Brazil. She told him that she was a travel agent and that she spoke Portuguese and could offer assistance but he told her he already had people in Brazil to help. And in the course of their conversations, she arranged to buy a puppy for $600 and to foster the parent dogs. She transferred a deposit into Chantel's bank account. Now, before Miss French left with the dogs, Chantel disappeared into another room for a few minutes. When she returned, she seemed more anxious, and she said that she might have to take her daughter to the hospital. Miss French left and was halfway to Perth when she realized that she had not paid Chantel the outstanding money for the puppy. When she got home, Chantel called her and they arranged for her to transfer the money into Chantel's account. When Miss French asked about her daughter, Chantel said that she hadn't needed to take her to the hospital and that she was fine. Chantel then went to a bank in Busselton where she deposited the check for the car and cashed the check for the puppies. Tony went to the Busselton courthouse and arranged for an enduring power of attorney, appointing his brother Joseph to manage his affairs and mailing him the necessary documents. And on July 16th, Mr. and Mrs. Crouch, the property owners, went to check out the property to attend to the cattle. They hadn't seen any of the group for a few days by this time. Mr. Crouch noticed an envelope on the back door of the house. In the envelope was a note to Mr. and Mrs. Crouch from Chantel, Simon, Tony, and Leela saying that they had, quote, left suddenly due to the lack of sleep created by the EMF. They said that they had moved to Brazil and couldn't take most of their furniture with them. Whatever was left was Mr. and Mrs. Crouch's to do with as they wished, and they apologized for leaving so quickly. In Tony's caravan was another note from Tony to Mr. and Mrs. Crouch in which he reiterated that they were welcome to all the items that he left behind. The house and the caravan were spotless in condition. In the house, all of the food except for a bucket of rice and all personal items, including clothing, had been removed. However, all the electrical appliances remained, including a large plasma TV, Xboxes, a DVD player, scores of DVDs, two computers, clock radios, lamps, and oil heaters in every room. The fridge door was left open with the inside clean and empty. All the furniture had been left behind, including mattresses on the beds, but there were no sheets or towels. Also, on July 16th, Joseph Popich received a package through Australia Post from his brother Tony, containing the power of attorney forms. Tony's bank statements and policy details, and included was a handwritten note from Tony, in which he apologized for being a crap brother and thanked Joseph for all of his help. None of the group, have been seen since they went missing in July of 2007. Though there have been several reports of sightings, none of them were ever verified as true. The final coroner's inquisition reads as follows, and can be found in full in the sources below this episode description. Quote, I, Barry Paul King, coroner, have investigated the suspected deaths of Chantelle Jane McDougall, Leela McDougall, Antonio Popich, and Gary Felton, aka Simon, with an inquest held at Bustleton Courthouse on the 6th of December, 2017 to the 8th of December, 2017 and have not found that any of the deaths have been established beyond all reasonable doubt, end quote. So at this time, the group is still considered missing and their deaths cannot be proven, leaving their families and loved ones in a constant state of limbo. All right, so there's the case of the Truth Fellowship cult, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. all four of them. Well, 50, yeah. I'm sorry, they had 50 whole members.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, man, this, I hope you guys were able to follow this. I know uh, Kristen's here with me. My mm-hmm. wife Kristen is here with me mm-hmm. as per usual lately. And uh, I need her here to help me keep all of this shit <laughs> straight. Um, there's... there's and we tried to give you guys the gist, as we typically yeah. do in this podcast. Um, guys, Case File did this episode, or did this topic, rather. Please go check it out if you're if you're really into all of the extra shit, <laughs> all yeah. of the stuff before, uh, before Simon meets Chantel, all of this type of things. Um, but we wanted to get down to brass tacks and really get down to the mysterious part of this, yeah. or at least the main mm-hmm. mysterious part of this. And there have been... There have been, you know, I guess you can call them clues and uh, remains found that people thought yes. um, were attributed to these to these people, to these victims, but they were not. No. And so we decided to leave <laughs> that out. We're like, why are we going to just, oh, it could be this. Just kidding. It could be this. Yeah. Just kidding. And none so, of the
1: sightings were uh, ever confirmed either. Exactly.
0: None of the sightings were confirmed. And there's just so many questions here. Um but when you really, if you really have to make a decision, I feel like they're gone. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, and when I say gone, I mean dead. Yes. I, I think all all four of them are, have, they probably went through with this one way or another. But then you're like, well, why did they go through all the preparation? You know, why did they, you know, if they were going to kill themselves, why make up this whole scheme of moving to Brazil and all that? Mm-hmm. And I think that may have been to... To ease it, ease it on the families. You know, ease the impact that it could have on Chantelle's family, for instance, mm-hmm. on Tony's family. Both came from very loving families, Yeah. and maybe even a narcissistic, uh, you know, psychopath like Simon slash Gary yeah. or Gary rather mm-hmm. could understand that. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe, um, <laughs> or maybe he's still out there. I
1: was going to say, I think that. Chantel was convinced and Tony was convinced that this Brazil thing was real. Yeah. But I don't think it was ever real for Simon. Like, I don't mm. think he ever planned to go to Brazil.
0: No, he was planning on, well, you think, offing himself uh, before think
1: then? He, I think he did.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I think the heat was kind of catching up to him. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that his identity had been discovered and whatnot mm-hmm. so close in relation to this really lit a fire under him Yes, to, to put this plan in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing, like if you have these online followers and you have all this and you're this narcissist, wouldn't it be more beneficial to make your death more profound, kind of like heaven's gate type deal mm-hmm. and be I, found? I think as a every time
1: he kind of realized that he wasn't as, persuasive and charming as a jim jones or or something like that like he couldn't get any more people to come right and so it that kind of added to the depression and that you know he was way for one he was zoomed way too far out and you know yeah the world was just shit and everything was bad and right right you know what i'm saying and then all of his followers he kept trying to get more to come mm-hmm. and none of them ever did right and i think that kind of added he was like well I've got all this you know and he felt alone because then he had Chantel and Tony but neither of them were really um like connected with him right you know that everybody talks about how their their relationships with him were very distant Mm -hmm. the parents even said like him and Chantel's relationship was the type of relationship you have when you're not in a relationship
0: okay like co-parenting type deal Maybe even? I
1: guess like he didn't respect her. He didn't treat oh. her like a partner. Like she was like the live-in babysitter who provided money. Okay. You know, and, and, but like I said, I think he may have still been the narcissistic type, but because he couldn't get more people and quote unquote better people yeah. to come, then it like, it, it kind of, sh- you know, shattered his ego. Right. And I think that's what ultimately led him. To, I think he killed himself back yeah. in June a month before this happened. Right. And then you have Tony and Chantel who are, who are left with a dead body, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they kind of, kind of freaked out a little bit. They were like, Oh Lord, what were we supposed to do? And right. then, you know, they're also followers of his. So maybe they, maybe they did follow through with it. And Tony took Chantel and Leela out to wherever and he saw to them. And then he, because his passport was, or his ID was used afterwards. Right. And, but they couldn't confirm ever that it was him that used it. Right. I think it's very possible that it was. So he he takes Leela and Chantel to where they right. want to go.
0: Because later on, his his ID and his name was used mm-hmm. um, at a hotel. Yes. And that hotel room that was rented, there was a pizza delivered there. Yes. And they, the authorities later tracked down the pizza delivery man and showed him a picture of both or gary Mm -hmm. and tony Mm -hmm. and the guy pointed to tony he said tony was the guy
1: but i mean this was done years later true you know so i'm like how do you know what one pizza you delivered to one man you know yeah i'm I'm like how how reliable is that really
0: that's true i didn't realize that the time yeah, the t- it was because it wasn't, was so far apart.
1: Yeah, it wasn't right after they disappeared that any of this investigating happened. It was, you know, it took time to to establish yeah. that they were gone and that they hadn't been seen and then it took time for the family to actually get anyone to look into
0: it. Yeah. So. But if 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 Gary does commit suicide or if he did commit suicide, I think it was just because he was it, the jig was up. Yeah. For instance, like you said, he couldn't get any more followers, right? Yeah. And not to mention his his writings and his theology was all plagiarized anyways. Yes. He took all and like you know, I kind of alluded to when I was talking about some of his <laughs> theology early on, like, oh how original. Yes. You know, it's like you could you could plug in Heaven's Gate here, you could mm-hmm. plug in Jim Jones here, yep. like you can you can plug in all these different things because it, it's it's not original mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. And these books that he wrote, he plagiarized from other other theologists and you know, other other leaders through over the years so Mm -hmm. and when you put your stuff out online eventually you're going to be exposed and when you get 50 followers over the course of the entire world right (laughs) that might be a little bit (laughs) of a blow to the ego yep you know what I mean and now you're starting you know you're starting to feel the heat from Mm -hmm. identity theft yep and fraud
1: and like even Chantel started to doubt you know his teaching she was like you know when he was talking about the family suicide pact, she felt uncomfortable with it because she felt like doing that to Leela was considered murder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So she
1: was very hesitant, and he was kind of like, you know what, fine, whatever, like, fuck it. Like, I think he just went out on his own. Yeah. And and it kind of it scared the other two, and they reacted and panicked.
0: And killed themselves?
1: I, th- I think so.
0: That seems crazy.
1: Because, I mean...
0: Maybe he taught them how to get fake IDs and... Out of embarrassment, maybe they left. I just feel left. like I in today's
1: world, if they're out there, so I mean, in the, maybe they are. I hope so. Maybe they are. I just feel like we we could find something, right? You know, a, a, a trail somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I'm but now,
0: now, passport fraud and identity theft were on the rise in Australia mm-hmm. in 2007 and 2008. Yes, like this was a big time um, yeah. for passport fraud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, anybody who has ever been on the dark web or, you know, not mm-hmm. naive enough to think that you can't get a legit passport online yeah. with basically anything you want on it.
1: Well, another one more thing that really makes me think that they're all gone is that their bank accounts were never touched. Oof, Usually, when the, someone wants to disappear, they clear them out, right? They right. clear out, yeah, they take they all them. that money. She had thousands of dollars. Tony had thousands of dollars. None of that money has ever been touched. And Tony's uh, power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Why would you need power of attorney at all? Except right. for in the instance of why death, would you, right? Yeah,
0: and why would you write this letter to your brother apologizing? apologizing.
1: He visited his parents beforehand, and he yeah. said goodbye to them. Um, I, I don't know. I just, like I said, I feel like if they were somewhere, especially if it was just Leela and Chantel that um, you know, their relationship with with, with Chantel's parents were good. Right. You know, for the most part, except for, you know, Simon but once he, or Gary, once mm-hmm. he was or now if he was out of the picture then I feel like they she would go back. You know right. what I'm saying? And she would be like and try to make contact with him in some way. Right. But the fact that they they didn't touch it's, their accounts, they said their goodbyes, they gave away all their animals and everything.
0: It's just really hard for me to digest that Chantel would kill herself and her daughter after Gary's gone. I think that it was really the guilt. really
1: hard. It was the guilt. The
0: she guilt felt, of what?
1: She felt guilty that she let Gary go by himself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I, that's what I'm saying. I think like he, he committed suicide and then... You know, Mm. Chantel and Tony are like, well, shit, he really meant it, Yeah. (laughs) you know, and guilt, guilt is, it's a powerful motivator. So, yeah.
0: And, and I, we talked about this when we were discussing this case um, a few days ago, but you, I just feel like someone like Gary, he suffered from depression and psychotic Mm -hmm. episodes his whole life. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's say you've already come to terms with the fact that you're going to end your life early Mm -hmm. or you want to. It's still hard to get over the fact that that is one of the most lonely things we will ever do. Yes. Is die alone. hmm So it's not crazy to think that he created this entire elaborate cult, this whole thing, just yeah. to gain a few people to go out with. Yeah. A few people to hold your hand as mm-hmm. you cross over.
1: And then it was like one <clears> after, and, after and another. And as a narcissist,
0: you don't really give a fuck. Yeah. Whether you're ruining their life or their family's lives or whatever. mm yeah, it's it's a dark case either way. It's yeah. hard for me to think that they're still alive. But it's also hard for me to think that this mother killed herself and her daughter. You know, she she was so concerned about murdering her daughter, why would she do it herself? And then if you're gonna leave your daughter alive, why would you want anyone else to care for her? Yep. You know, it's that is
1: See she doesn't want to ascend without her, so
0: Yeah. She if I'm she truly bought into yeah. this, yeah.
1: I mean, I, f- I feel like it would be like leaving her behind.
0: It's just really sad because Chantel and Tony were both gold. Yeah. Like, they were... They were good people. They were. And mm-hmm. everyone, all the documentaries, all the all the videos you watch on YouTube, everybody, nobody had anything bad to say about Mm-mm. Tony or Chantel. Mm-hmm. They were just talked about how they were just salt of the earth. And those are the exact type of people... Yep. Who these narcissists would take advantage of?
1: Love to manipulate.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like you said, they actually cared for Gary. Yeah. That's the saddest yeah. thing See, about it.
1: And then, like the get I just feel like they became overcome with guilt. No even doubt. even Tony, like he, I, I think he did rent that hotel room, and I think he did order the pizza. Yeah. And he did take the train ride. Yeah. But he didn't come back. Right. And that's because either he's, you know, he could be in the wind. You know, under a false identity, but to live with that guilt,
0: survivor's guilt would be strong with him. It would be, and especially
1: if after Gary, then Chantel and and Lila, then he's the only one. Yeah, like that's got to be really isolating.
0: Absolutely, Absolutely. especially a man who lived a nomadic lifestyle, Mm -hmm. searching for acceptance his whole life. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, all right, guys. Well, that's our opinion. Um, that's where we're at with this case. Like I said, our sources are below. If you want to read the entire coroner's report, it is, it is lengthy. lengthy. Um, and it is very in depth, but it, it's pretty eye Um, he left no stone unturned mm-hmm. from what I can tell. It is what made um, me,
1: um, change my mind because a, a lot of the articles were written to make it sound, you know, Gary's the bad guy here. Right. Right. So right. a lot of people were like, well, it was probably Gary who killed, who offed the other three and then took Tony's ID and and mm. went off with it, right? Yeah. But after reading the coroner's report and realizing, like, he was suicidal, he did want to die. Mm-hmm. And then he, he he completely disappears out of the public and online presence uh, a month before the other ones do. Right. I'm like, I don't know.
0: And Gary was not known to be violent. No. He was not known no. to be violent. I mean... Controlling, yes. Yes. But violent, no. Nope. He didn't hurt anyone. He wasn't physically abusive to Mm-mm. Tony, Chantel, Leela, nobody. There was another member so,
1: who um, was kind of part of their little harem for a minute. Yeah. When he had his first wife and mm-hmm. Chantel at the same time. Right. There was a third woman. And she actually ends up leaving and turning on them. Yeah. And... Um, She's basically, like, de- de- programmed through therapy and all this, and she realizes just how much he was using her. And she um, testified in, in the coroner's thing, and she talks about how he was never violent. There was only one time that he scared her, and it was when she decided to leave. He, like, held her hands above her head mm-hmm. and demanded that she give back the books that he had written. Oh, okay. So, I mean, and, and she was like, besides that, he never, there was n- nothing. He never was violent at all. Mm. So.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, that's our, that's our conclusion that they're, they're gone. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I, I believe that. I just think, like you say, in this day and age, if there were any evidence of them still here, they mm-hmm. would be here. Well, all right, guys, uh, like we said, all of our sources are below. If you want to go in more depth, also check out the case file episode and there's also some very informative uh newscasts on youtube in this video kind of give you some pictures you can put some you know some faces to names and whatnot but uh guys i appreciate you listening as always here at strange and unexplained and if you can if you are willing please leave a review um rate if you're on spotify go on there and click five stars we really appreciate that very much it helps the show it helps the show get promoted um, on Spotify, and you can leave a review on uh, Apple Apple Podcast or iTunes, wherever you listen. If you have the ability, please leave a review. Uh, it helps the show very much, guys. And if you'd like to support us in other ways, please check out Patreon, patreon.com slash guys. For just five bucks a month, you get access to everything we make on True Crime Guys Productions, or you can check out patreon.com slash podcast, and for just three bucks a month, you get access to all the Sandu content. So either way you want to go, we appreciate it very much, guys. It's the wheels of this podcast. It really keeps us rolling. And uh, also, check out True Crime Guys on YouTube. Go subscribe. Every every uh, True Crime Guys proper episode with myself and Lauren. Uh, you can see our ugly mugs on there as well as pictures referring to the case. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Tell your friends. Follow us on social media at True Crime Guys at SNU Podcast, And we'll see you next week for a new strange and unexplained case. All right, until then, be strange. Just don't be strangers. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out all the other programs on the TCG network. Every Wednesday, a new episode of True Crime Guys proper, Strange and Unexplained on Mondays, and Full House Fantasy Football on Fridays to start your weekend. if those aren't enough, head on over to our Patreon account, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of content, including older episodes, and other Patreon exclusives like Strange Shorts, Sandu Stories, Higher Thoughts, and the 5-Minute Murder Show. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. Hey, how do you shut this thing off? Over?